Are you looking for a short, educational, and entertaining podcast your kids can listen to while you cook dinner, fold laundry, or just need a few minutes to yourself? Then check out Mysteries About True Histories by Starglow Media. It's so, so cute. I listened to a few episodes, and when it was over, I was like, dang, that was really fun. It's made by the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and the Netflix show, Brainchild. So these people know what they're doing. As a little background info, every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning really cool. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. So it's perfect for kids ages six and up. There's a new episode every Thursday, each filled with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, it's just us. And we are continuing our series uh, kind of through our relationship, through having a kid, how it affected our relationship, how we're still working on our marriage and this whole new dynamic of having a third human in our lives. Just all of it. We're coming up on one year, so we're doing a lot of reflecting. <laughs> and boy, were our lives different before a kid. So different. Yes. I always uh, laugh. I'm like, I what did we do? Like, uh, we did nothing. Yeah, I kind of feel like we did. What like did a, we do with our time? We did a lot of things that like, seemingly didn't matter that much but yeah we have a um a good show planned out sean i put effort a lot of effort into this one mm -hmm. we have stats that we'll get to <laughs> in a second that are kind of jarring yeah. but before we jump into it if you guys haven't yet subscribe to the show give it a rating helps us out um and today we are talking as sean said about how our marriage changed after we had a baby so let's just hit the stats real quick because this is pretty appalling when you think about it but believable when you experience it so for 83 percent of couples the arrival of their first child constitutes a marital crisis yeah. crisis yeah. for 83 percent um married people who have kids are actually happier than unmarried people raising children and their happiness quotient appears to increase with each additional child okay so mm -hmm. married couples are happier than unmarried couples when it comes to raising a kid for this statistic for this statistics in this study that is a huge disclaimer um let's see about 90 percent of couples said they felt less happy in their relationship after having a child 60 percent said they were less confident that they could work through marital problems and many have reported lower levels of dedication to the relationship long term uh, couples said they also experienced more negative communication and more problems in the relationship after having a kid. But here's the thing. Okay. That's all pretty grim. <laughs> I could, <laughs> I could tell. This is a really uplifting. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. They say that once you get about seven years into parenting, kids are actually more likely to keep it's a terrible together. statistic no it's not no okay. i don't think so i so think you it's just how you... have to make it seven years ladies and gentlemen i think it might take that long to actually find a groove of how to raise children that is a doomsday thing as well yes so all of the stats kind of lead to three ways that 
that marriages are affected. Okay. Is, they say are that, these more statistics? No, no, this is just the trends that the statistics show. Childbearing um, and child rearing years are times during which marital satisfaction tends to decline. Mother two, mothers and fathers are more likely than the childless to experience depression. Interesting. And three, studies have shown that couples who have had a first child are less satisfied with their marriages during the first postpartum year than they were late in pregnancy. So up until the first child. Anyway, this let's is, get to This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationship. I agree. And therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with the therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. So doomsday. I don't, I'm not trying to, but let's talk about how let's it is difficult. It. Well, okay. So now that we've covered the kind of broad, gloomy statistics on what children usually do to marriages, <laughs> let's talk about what our child did to our marriage. Okay. Because okay. well, there's a lot that goes into it. First, since we're in the doomsday and the gloom, okay. Um, I wanted to bring up, we had a little bit of a, I want to say a moment, I guess. Yesterday was actually the third year anniversary of our miscarriage, mm -hmm. which was crazy. I was telling Andrew, it was really strange last night. I kind of just felt the weight of it because every year, I don't know why I do that to myself, but I rewatch her video and just kind of relive it. It's not like I would take anything back. I mean, I, I wish I wouldn't have gone through that, if that makes sense. Um, but it brought us through and it brought us like so many beautiful things but I felt like that was the beginning of our journey into all of this and how that first affected our marriage which we talked about but talking about having Drew that was a whole new thing so we left off let's try to like spin some positivity here okay so we left off the last episode talking about how pregnancy affected our relationship and we talked about how int intimacy was affected hormones affected everything the fear and the anticipation of having your first kid you just kind of we felt a little bit like we were living out our life as fast as we could because the world had scared us and said as soon as you have a kid your life's gonna be over your marriage will be over like all these different things very doomsday again fast forward we go to the hospital it is time to have drew and I was talking to Andrew about this right before we started this podcast. I feel like, and this might've just been with our relationship, but I feel like up until that moment, up until walking into the hospital where you strip down naked, you spread your legs on like a delivery table and you just bear it all, you maintain some sort of like barrier or distance or I don't know what word I'm looking for there, but you, you maintain some sort of like discretion from each other. You still feel like you're dating to a certain extent. 
Okay. What am I trying to say here? Are you following? Uh, there's some things that are reserved. Yes. Until the pregnancy. I felt like we were still like embarrassed to talk about certain things, even though we like had a very, very strong and close marriage. I still felt like we were two separate human beings. Fast forward to the week in the hospital where we're, we go through labor and we go through an emergency C-section and we go through these fears and these tears and these massive emotional roller coasters. I felt like I had been literally stripped bare and you saw who I was for the first time in our relationship, truly who I was. And I felt like I was so much closer to you immediately than I had ever been in our relationship. I felt that way too. I'm wondering why it took pregnancy to, to make that happen though, or having a child to make that happen. I don't know. I feel like maybe you can achieve that in different ways, going through different things, whether it's like trauma or injury or something like tragic. But I, I feel like it was the first thing outside of the miscarriage that you and I had really gone through together where we were so vulnerable. I feel like the miscarriage, I was more vulnerable than you were just naturally, like naturally. Um, but I think that's the first thing that affected both of us equally. Yeah. I, I mean, having a kid, you just get thrown into the fire and you kind of realize like, all right, we don't have a choice except to do something. And I think what that something is, there's a lot of different styles. You have, well, you have a certain style. I have a certain style of how to change a diaper or how many baths to give or how to feed or whatever, like who gets up in the night and who, all of the things that go into taking care of a baby, you have to do it and you have to just have these crucial conversations, we'll call them, of how, like how it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. And you're both strung out, stressed, <laughs> tired, and you're a team in like the most beautiful sense, mm -hmm. I think. Here's my digestion of the statistics. Mm -hmm. Now having gone through it with one child, and I know that multiple kids is going to change this, but there is so many stressful things, okay? A million new variables mm -hmm. that a married couple has to figure out. And that can be stressful or it can be an opportunity to like grow closer. And we've talked about this before, but you and I, I think at the end of the day had the understanding that we are a team. We are going to make it through this. We are dedicated first and foremost to each other. Mm -hmm. And so we operated off of that understanding, which made a difference in like, I could have gotten, I mean, we did get upset at each other, yeah. but it could be like, it could be like very, very sensitive. Are you frustrated with buying your kids clothes and having them grow out of them literally within a week? I know I am then you need to check out Posh Peanut. I love this brand. Their clothes are amazing quality and made from viscose from bamboo. So they stretch with your kid as they grow and are four times stretchier than cotton. They have different designs you can pick from like Barbie, Flowers, Disney, and Hot Wheels. So we let our kids pick out which ones they wanted. And of course, Drew picked the pattern with Disney princesses. Oh yes, she loves her Disney princess pajamas. Plus, I swear their clothes get even softer the more you wash them, which usually doesn't happen with kids' clothes. I also love that their clothes are chemical-free, which means they're delicate enough for babies with sensitive skin, which is something we've been paying attention to for Bear. 
Posh Peanut is made for infants and kids, but they also have sizes for moms and dads if you want the whole family to match. Let's be honest, every family has done a matching moment. And if you're not a parent, consider this a perfect gift idea. For real, you guys. We love this brand, and they're loved by over a million parents. Check them out. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code EASTFAM. Go to poshpeanut.com slash EASTFAM and use promo code EASTFAM for 20% off your first order. ...arguments that I could see tear a couple apart. Well, I remember... So I think we talked about this in a different podcast, but... I remember when we went into the hospital, when we were nearing birth of our baby, I had this consuming fear and almost a jealousy of the baby before she was even here. Cause I feared that I would lose you. And I don't mean like divorce or you would leave me. I, I meant, I mean that in saying a baby from what people have said before we had Drew and we've actually experienced it is like the deepest love you could ever know because it's your child. I feared before we had her that she would steal you away from me. And I feel like that's a fear a lot of people have. And I felt like it would affect our relationship and which it has and we'll get into. Um, but then you go back to the hospital and you know they hand us Drew for the first time. And I just, all I can remember is looking at you and being like, Oh my gosh, we did this. And I remember being rolled into the emergency room um, for the C-section and being so scared and just thinking like, as long as you, you are here, I'm okay. And I think that's probably going back to what connected us so much is that vulnerability of like, I have my comfort here, which is you. And then fast forward a week when we're leaving the hospital, I distinctly remember looking at Andrew. We were in the car with this tiny human that we didn't know how to raise or take care of. And I loved her so much already, but I looked at Andrew and I was like, babe, you are my number one. You will always be my number one, but she will now be ours, our number one and will forever be our number one and kids will like be together jointly our number one. And I think that's been an important thing for us to remember because it gets challenging. Yeah. Why is that saying so ex expand on that? So we, we talked about this before we had drew of, I think the best way to parent if you are in a marriage is if your marriage is strong, your parenting is strong. And if you take the side of your child before you take the side of your spouse, you're already like separating your family. And so Andrew and I, I think that's why this first year has been more challenging than I think we expected is because whenever we saw something going wrong between our marriage or us feeling that separation or feeling tired or felt like an argument was coming up, we would like hit it head on and we'd be like, there's something wrong. We have to fix it because we were so aware from day one that if we weren't strong together, we couldn't be the best mom and dad to Drew that was possible. Yeah. As terrible as it is to like go through, it could be several days or weeks worth of conflict. Yeah. 
I'm glad we did. Um, that was one of the things that we came across when we were researching is like, it is so easy. I mean, typically our situation is unique in a number of different ways. Uh, we both work from home. Mm -hmm. We didn't <laughs> breath. We, we bottle fed. And mm -hmm. so I was able to be a part of that. That was huge. But um, that but caused tension as well. A hundred percent. And freaking yes. Yes. <laughs> but usually like, usually the mom would, would, I mean, I feel like we grew up with our mom staying at home, taking care of the kids, feeding, like they're the one that, who has to wake up in the middle of the night. They don't have a choice to. You did. What? That's how you were raised. I'm saying if you're breastfeeding, yeah. I don't, I as a husband don't have to wake up. No. I don't have to. You have to. No, absolutely. So this is one of the things we came across is the, the person who is the primary caretaker who in a lot of situations is the mom, uh, they're always with the kids and the other person gets jealous or they feel left mm -hmm. out or they feel uninvolved and there's like guilt involved. Like there's a lot of emotions and then there's can be bitterness and we've experienced this from the primary caretaker mm -hmm. of I'm doing all the work with the kids and it's stressful and mm -hmm. it's not a rational human being yet. Can I just get some help here? So, well, okay. So to break all of that down, I feel like we've, we've talked about this a lot and one, I feel like innately we are all very, very selfish and it takes a child to kind of self-reflect on how selfish we are with our time, with our preferences, with our habits and our hobbies. We like, we like the things we like and we like to spend time doing the things we like. Well, when you have a kid, you don't have time for that or you have less time and Going back to, I feel like this is just a thought that I'm going to try to articulate. We were married for four years, three before we got pregnant with Drew. We dated for three or four years before that. It took us seven years to kind of get the hang of marriage, to figure out as grown adults what our preferences were and how to cohabitate with those preferences, right? Now you add a baby who's not an adult, who can't voice what they need or what they prefer, what they like, being raised by two people who are raised differently from, you know, a mom who stayed home to a full-time working mom to dads who are more or less involved, just like, just difference. That everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like, the quality and the fit is near impossible. I told you guys that I found skims while I was pregnant and now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. 
After you place your order, select podcast in the drop down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. I've like set our expectations differently in raising Drew together. It just like, it's this huge mixture of, if it took us seven years to figure out how two people, two adults can live together. Now, when you throw a third person that shares your heart, that you care so much for, that you would die for any day, like that's a huge mixture. That's a huge stirring the pot moment of you basically just start over. It's like you just met someone on the first date, but they can't walk, talk, feed themselves, take care of themselves, anything. And you're having to do it together. And it's just a lot to figure out. It's a ton. It's a ton. Because going back to bottle feeding, rightfully so, because it's how you're raised and it's it's just how the world paints pregnancy and birth and feeding and taking care of a baby. They paint it as you have the baby, the mom takes care of it for like a year because the mom breastfeeds and the baby's just with the mom the whole time. That was the expectation. Yeah, okay. I think we're going to get in an argument live, but go ahead. Oh, really? Go ahead. No, well, I don't think so. Go ahead. And that was my expectation too. I wanted to. And when that didn't pan out, it put a lot of tension on us because we've our expectations were kind of crushed to a certain extent. There in was, different ways. In different ways. Yeah. Absolutely. Um there was a lot of guilt on my side and I didn't know how to ask for help. And on your side, there was a lot of tension because your expectation wasn't fulfilled and it was just a change. Like we had to figure it out. I don't feel like there's an argument coming. Well, I thought you were going to get into like, that was your perspective of a traditional parenting model, but it's like, no, but usually if you're breastfeeding, as a mom, For sure. you do not have a choice. Oh, no, not at all. And I I agree with what you're saying of like, that was your preference or your perspective of traditional up, like, you know, upbringing. But I don't think that's, there's anything wrong with that at all. I think that's, how do I paint this picture? So, Back when we got pregnant the first time, I think one of the big things that led us or myself to such pain when I miscarried was the misconception of it's so easy to get pregnant. Once you get pregnant, you're going to have a baby. It's that naive thinking of that's how it works. There's no other factors involved except for I'm pregnant and I'm having a baby. And I think the slap to the face was, it's so much more complicated than that. And there's so many different things that can be a factor and come into play and happen that I was just blindsided. Yeah. And I think for us and having Drew with the whole breastfeeding and bottle feeding and raising a kid, TV paints it so in such a black and white misconception, like weird way that we got blindsided. I would say that expectations in marriage generally are the most important thing. Uh, but this counselor that we consulted mm-hmm. for this said that mismatch mismatched expectations mm-hmm. when it comes to parenting um, statistically tends to lead to mar- marital dissatisfaction. So that's, I mean, 
what you're talking about is expectations. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think we're fortunate to have really discussed a lot of a lot of things beforehand so that our expectations were set. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, but it, it's one thing to discuss. It's another thing to realize what reality is going to be like. Well, is that where you're nodding? What? I was getting ready to talk about that. So it's like in dating, I, I used to be the guy that like kind of tried to set, I would like say, oh, here's the expectation. I'm going to help with everything. Just hypothetical, whatever yeah. situation. But in like reality, I'm lazy, just like, anybody else and i like to do certain things i don't like to do certain things i'm messy here i like to sleep whatever i have found that marriage and parenting even more so is this constant process of i mean it's just it's love in the sense that you're sacrificing your preferences and your habits Mm -hmm. to contribute to the marriage or the family unit you know Mm -hmm. so i Reflecting on uh, some of the more recent like our arguments and I say arguments, it's just disagreements and it's just miscommunications that you have to work through. So it's not like they're knockdown down, dry off fights. They're just arguments mm-hmm. that we've had lately. There's been a lot of, we've said two things a lot. One, which is I'm trying my hardest or my best. Dang preach. And I it's remember not enough sometimes. It's not enough, and I don't remember where I read this, but I read it somewhere way back when, when we were dating in a book somewhere. I, I'll have to find it. But it basically said one of the biggest it like reasons for divorce or breaking up or failed relationships is when both parties give all of their effort but neither party like recognizes it because it's being the efforts being exerted in a way that the other person doesn't understand. And we had a little disagreement in an argument the other night where I was last night where I was cleaning the house a lot. And I don't even remember what we were arguing, arguing about, but basically one of my love languages towards Andrew is like keeping the house tidy when I don't feel like there's anything else I can do to contribute, I'm like, oh, I'll clean the house. So it's like, nice. Well, he doesn't receive that at all because it's not a preference to him. It's not something that he I don't care about. if the house is clean or dirty. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, Sean's just doing this because she likes it. But then when the argument came about because I started to feel underappreciated and he's like, well, I didn't know you were trying to, you know, love me because it's not a way that I... It's not a thing that I recognize and vice versa. I did not say that. Just for no, the record. No, no, no. You, <laughs> I, I wish, I, I, wish I could be so prescient, but go ahead. <laughs> he didn't say that. But I, I feel like going back to Drew and going back to your first kid or another kid, it's such new territory that a lot of our arguments and a lot of the miscommunications we had had to do with you were doing everything you could to help but you were doing it in ways that I didn't need and vice versa. I was communicating things to you that you weren't hearing and I was doing things that you didn't need and weren't being seen. And I think another conversation we've had a lot of is we are over communicating so much lately that we're arguing more than ever. And I don't want to say more than ever, like in a bad way, 
but we're arguing arguing and having like disagreements about a lot of little things, but it's because we've made the choice of communicating everything so that we each know the one rule in our relationship is transparency. So yes, I agree Sorry, with I that. just word vomited a lot. No, I think, I think there's a couple different types of people. Everybody's different. Obviously there's some people who aren't helpful or aren't eager to help. Mm-hmm. I don't think that those people are, this is my opinion, ready for marriage. Cause I no. think like you just have to be willing to help and probably certainly not overly ready for parenting either. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other side. And I feel like we're more, neither of these are better. Neither of these type of people are worse, by the way, we each try to help too much yeah. in the sense of like, I will hover by Sean and like just constantly chirp. <laughs> what can I help with? Can I do this or can I do it that way? And so then we're both always by each other, yeah. always giving each other opinions, always like annoying each other when sometimes it's like, and I'll be on the other side. Hey, I'll be like, what do you need? What do you want? What can I do? What can I make? What can I like this yeah. morning? I kind of got um, annoyed by you. I'm not going to Are you actually going <laughs> to like admit that something was wrong this morning? No, not, no, <laughs> not this morning. I'm talking about when I was putting Drew down two separate things. And yeah, whatever. I was uh, you trying to help know. you. You freaking know. I know, but I was just trying to help. I was putting Drew down, which we've communicated. That's each of like that's one of our favorite things to do, both I of know. us. And Sean came in from a jog and like like Drew and I are peaceful. We're about to go to bed. The lights are off, and you storm in there, freaking stomping around. <laughs> you like you come in multiple times. You turn lights on. You like I was like, and you said I got this, and I was like, no, no, I <laughs> I got this. Go away. I was just <laughs> trying to support you. I bring that up though because. Yeah, I just there's different ways that yeah. people annoy each other, and yeah. that's how we do it. Where some people, it's like, oh, you're not contributing much at all. I wish you would step in more. We're kind of the opposite of like over is overbearing the right word. Yeah, and I I think too it's just we're over, <laughs> overbearing is the right word. Yeah. Okay, great. Now yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think we something we struggled with from day one, um, and are still working towards is we want to feel appreciated. Everybody does, but you also want to show your appreciation for the other person. And sometimes those both can get lost because you're trying so hard for something that you want to give. And if you aren't getting something back, then you feel resentment. And it's just like, it's Mm. a, it's gets confusing. I do have to say one of my favorite (laughs) arguments not arguments. It was just like a little thing that happened right after we had drew, we came home and I'm exhausted, exhausted, just like any new mom, just like any new dad. I've gone through birth, trying to figure out how to breastfeed and Drew's having a hard time. Just, you're not sleeping. You're not eating. Your body is changing. It's just a lot of things. And I was so jealous that you could sleep. Yeah. I was so jealous that I resented it. And I remember we were on the couch in the living room. I'm just going to call it out. I think that's immature to end your part, but go ahead. What? Resenting me sleeping, but go ahead. I acknowledge it. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. cool. I was just pouring salt in the wound. 
Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I was just acknowledging it. I'm sorry. So. Andrew falls asleep and I am a week out of a C-section. I cannot sit up by myself. I can't get off the couch and Drew fell asleep on me. And I remember she starts like crying and I need to get up to go to the bathroom and you are out. You are so, I wasn't sure if you were alive because how you slept through her crying and me yelling at you. I was like, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. And I'm screaming at him and he's like, you're 10 feet away Mm -hmm. and he's out. And I start throwing stuff at him and then you wake up pissed. And I was like, babe, I cannot sit up and I need to pee. How did you not hear her cry? Like, I just remember that being, but. Thanks for sharing that story. (laughs) But I say that because it's just all so ridiculous right after you have a baby because you're so so, delirious. Well, here's one thing too. And I think we've talked a lot about how exhaustion affected mm -hmm. our relationship and amplifying conflict. But I don't think we've talked enough about how it's actually more an issue of identity and not exhaustion of you and I are just trying to figure out what our role is now. I'm no longer just a husband or just a guy having fun. I'm a dad now and there's certain responsibilities and it's like this, it's this identity transformation. And everything about you changes. Everything. Like your priorities, your preferences, how you get ready in the morning, what you eat, how you act. Your hobby, like there's so much. So it is truly, I think, an identity issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I'm gonna just kind of close with some optimistic things. (laughs) But the reason that we started off with these grim numbers and Mm -hmm. statistics is not to stress you out. I think think we're here to share our story as much as possible. to help set expectations. Yeah. And so like, because parenting just like, there's nothing more to it. It's stressful. Like if you ask, if you ask someone who's getting like studying to be a lawyer, Mm -hmm. they're probably not going to say like, yeah, it's a ton of fun. Like, no, it's stressful, but it's worth it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's so fulfilling. It's just, it takes work just like a marriage, just like anything. Like, and work, means it takes a ton of energy and so then like you're drained and one thing i think is worth saying and you changed my perspective on this i compliment you all the time on being a good mom and this goes to identity too i don't compliment you enough on being a really good wife Mm -hmm. that's something that we need to do a better job at is like i see you pouring so much effort into parent drew and you see me doing so much to help mm-hmm. drew but let's we, balance that out and help each other you too. can't forget at the end of the day that each person wants to feel loved as as you, being like your spouse mm-hmm. and each person wants to be loved as being a parent and it has to it has to be separate because i don't want to just know that andrew loves me just because i'm a mom i want to know andrew is 
attracted to me and loves me as his wife. Was girl, you are bad, girl. <laughs> okay. And then I also want him to love and appreciate me as a mom separately. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to be very aware of that and vice versa. Bottom line is too, we'll close with this. I think having a really strong friendship in your marriage and a healthy emotional connection are crucial to being able to get through the conflict Mm -hmm. and have that trust that, hey, this person actually does have my back. Mm -hmm. And if you want a family, if you want the joy of having kids, you have to go through the highs and lows. Just know that there are probably going to be more frequent lows, but higher highs. Right. And it is amazing. It is the biggest joy of my life by far. It is. And remember that even though you argue, even though you're figuring it out, even though it tested our relationship, not because we ever thought it was going to end, it just changes. We always made it a point to tell each other, even if we were yelling at each other, that we love each other. Yeah. And that's all that matters because that will get you through that argument into the time that you're going to be laughing, hugging, crying again. So know that Sean and I believe in you. You can yes. do this. You just got to get through. It's going to be a <laughs> tough phase. Just get through it and it'll you'll be better for it. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. I hope, I hope this helped you, even though we started off kind of on a rough note. <laughs> we uh, almost had an argument live <laughs> on camera. Um, we'll see you next week. Yes. For another interview. And um, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show. Give it a rating. That's all we have for you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you later. It's the East Fam out. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcast on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners. And some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way, you'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.